Chapter Seventeen of From Different Standpoints by Pansy and Faye Huntington. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen. Though Doctor Mason came up to superintend the removal of his patient, Perry, with the devotion of a loving son, resolved to see his mother established in her rooms at Miss Brockton's. Of course, you will only be there for a few days the doctor had said, when they talked over the plans, and, much as I would like to keep you out of the city entirely, I suppose I shall have to submit. But I tell you, my friend, that this clear country air is just what you need for the re-establishment of your health. I should think so, said Eleanor, in her hatefulest tone. The smoke of a factory village is acknowledged to be a complete cure for lung diseases." You forget, Mrs. Harrison, that you people up here on the hill are breathing quite another atmosphere from that which they who live down in the village are taking in with every breath. Then, turning to Perry, he said, I see how it is, and understand that you will not be quite easy about your mother unless you see her settled with your own eyes, and know for yourself that she is comfortably situated. That is it, returned Perry and it will be a little change for both my wife and myself. She has been waiting a long time for that visit to her mother. "'You need not count me in your plans,' said Mrs. Eleanor sharply. "'I prefer to make up my own party when I go on a pleasure trip. This being packed in with invalids and nurses is not to my taste.' Dr. Mason elevated his eyebrows slightly, but took no other notice of the lady's unfeeling remark, while Perry went on planning, apparently oblivious to her presence. But she was not to be ignored. "'See here, Perry,' she said, "'I don't know what you can be thinking of. You talk of going away. What do you propose to do with me?' "'Why, I did propose to have the pleasure of your company. But as you have declined to afford me that gratification, I suppose you will remain here. You will not be alone in a house full of servants.' Perry's voice had not a touch of anger in it, though it was strangely cold and dignified. "'I didn't marry the servants,' she said angrily, "'and I didn't expect to be deserted by my husband quite so soon. It seems a man is to cling to his mother for all the law of the gospel about cleaving unto his wife.' "'Now, Eleanor,' said Perry, with a touch of vexation in his voice, not anger, but simply a vexed and pained feeling showing itself in the tone. Don't be unreasonable. You know that I ought to go, and more than that, I would be a monster not to want to go, and I really cannot see why you should not go with me. I will stay, well, as long as the doctor here will let me, and then you might stop a few days longer if you thought you would enjoy it. You are very kind, but I assure you that your condescension is quite uncalled for. I will not ask you to sacrifice your happiness, and, perhaps as Dr. Mason puts it, your life in that way. And you quite forget that my mother is still at Newport, where I should be if I was not your wife. Eleanor. That was all, but the look in Perry Harrison's eyes warned her that she had stepped into the extreme of propriety, and it might not be well to venture farther in the presence of a third person. How she shaped her plan of attack when they were alone did not appear, but when Perry saw Una again, he said, Una, can you do without me tomorrow? Why, Perry, she began, then something stopped her, and he added, 
i speak truly when i say that i cannot endure the strain upon my strength he did not say in what way the strain would come but una understood and she answered i know it would be hard and with dr mason we shall get along all right we shall send a telegram just as soon as we get there yes on the whole i think it will be better for you not to go just now what dr mason knew or guessed he kept to himself but this is what he did when they met at breakfast that last morning he having arrived in the early dawn of the autumn day he said now see here young man if you take my advice you will stay at home you are not fit for the journey especially such a trip as this will be and i shall only have two patients instead of one and hurried as i am these days i cannot take any more journeys out here the truth is you are worn out with watching and anxiety and if you will take a little immediate rest it may save you some trouble there was certainly a grateful expression in perry's eyes as for one instant they met una's as she said her word do perry be persuaded to stay at home and take care of yourself he won't and you need not think of it said eleanor he has very peculiar ideas of his duty and i am surprised miss taylor that you and he should differ it was the old insult and for one moment una's cheeks flushed then she swallowed her wrath and answered lightly perry and i have differed more than once in the course of our lives the doctor had evidently taken things into his own hands and was making it to appear that his plans were being carried out when in truth he was only trying to make it smooth for perry and this did not quite suit eleanor who wanted no help in the carrying out of her plan of keeping perry at home and she said sharply you need not trouble yourself to urge perry to stay behind if he will not do it for his wife i should think he would be too proud to do it for any one else but this was lost upon the doctor who with an excuse me mrs harrison had left the table even as she was speaking and proceeding to the invalid's room was already preparing her for the farewell so soon to be spoken when perry came back from the station after seeing the party off he shut himself up in the study not seeing his wife until dinner-time then all traces of emotion had disappeared and he was the affable gentleman exerting himself to be entertaining but eleanor was sullen and would not be entertained the more he talked the more she would not talk he proposed a drive but she was tired she should think he would want to rest after all the tiresome life they had been living for weeks for her part she did not want to see anybody or go anywhere until she had time to appreciate the quiet of the house very well returned her husband speaking calmly if you are so anxious to be left alone i cannot understand the force of your objections to my going to new york you know very well eleanor that i stayed at home for no other reason than to gratify your whim and now you will let me have a little quiet to gratify another whim certainly and with that he took his hat and walked out of the room and out of the house the summer which was to have been so full of work was gone and september had come and how little had been done yet if he had not been so completely absorbed in his own sorrowful thoughts the very sight of joe stone whom he met coming up the hill would have answered that lament 
joe's step was light and his open honest face wore a look of conscious strength and power why joe had money in the savings bank joe read the newspapers surely that summer's work broken and interrupted had not been without results mr harrison stopped in his walk to speak to the boy with an inquiry as to how they were getting along at home then said can you meet me at the lunchrooms at half past seven i have a plan which i want to talk over with you joe's eyes danced invited to lunch with mr harrison could ever greater honor come to him thank you sir i'll be there six months ago joe would have wriggled and twisted not knowing what to say and perhaps ended by running away altogether and you may bring your friend dan with you thank you said joe again his eyes having another sparkle in them wouldn't dan be glad now perry walked on with quicker step coming in contact with the bright active boy had put new vigor into him partly that and partly that he was now in a hurry the appointment that he had just made was a step toward carrying out a plan which came next in order as he and una had talked it over months ago now there were other people to be seen before evening going home to order his carriage he found eleanor was taking her nap so that he could not carry out his intention of repeating his invitation to ride for he well knew that it must be a very urgent matter that would reconcile eleanor to being disturbed in her afternoon nap so he went off without her leaving a message with molly to the effect that he might not be at home to tea as may be imagined the delivery of this message did not tend to increase mrs eleanor's good humor she was too proud to display her temper before the servants but in a letter to her mother she poured out the vials of her wrath the days went by filled with work done in furtherance of the designs he had formed for the help of the village people there were new books and papers for the reading-room the course of lectures and what interested the boys the plan for a lyceum to be sure dan baker said with the most puzzled look imaginable what in the world is that but when explained to him he was eager and interested and soon grew to use the word as glibly as any one perry sometimes thought it was the greatest undertaking of all and feared that it would amount to the least but looking forward into the coming years and seeing the growth of the crude efforts of joe and dan and all the rest he took courage believing he saw promise of an ability to a development which he was making but the long letters which he had promised himself as well as his mother these were being crowded out not with the outside duties which he had taken upon himself but by the constant demands made upon his time and strength whenever he came into the house his wife claimed his every moment no sooner did he seat himself in the library and get as far as my dear mother than eleanor would appear with some request which however trifling must have immediate attention perhaps she only wanted to send a message downstairs to the cook sweetly adding perry if you would only have some bells put up in this old shell as well as some other modern conveniences it would seem more like living and when he returned she wanted a yard of ribbon and molly was so very busy would he just go down and get it right away then would he read aloud or if his throat was unusually bad 
she insisted upon his listening while she read one of her favorite authors which were scarcely to the taste of a scholarly man to his now eleanor i must finish that letter mother will be anxious to hear from us she would reply oh let the letter wait no news is good news one day won't make any difference and this book must be returned to-morrow now do listen he still insisting he ought to write oh now perry you are positively unkind you know i never enjoy anything alone i should think you would have some consideration for me your mother has some one whose sole business is to amuse her but of course i am but a second person in your thoughts now eleanor said her husband don't be foolish that sounds a little like the complaint of a spoiled child and resigning himself like a martyr he laid aside his pen and gave up the afternoon to the whim of the woman who because of her selfishness was burdening his life never mind he said i can write to-night never suspecting that the woman had already planned to fill that up also i had a note from miss wilbur this morning she said as they were at tea you were not here so i took it upon myself to decide the question she wants us to spend the evening there and i sent word we would do so and so to the wilbers they went and the next day it was a trip to the city and so on day after day there was always something to keep him out of his study and to prevent him from writing only short hurried letters to his mother this is what eleanor harrison said in a letter to her mother now we have got rid of those two women perhaps i can have my husband to myself as for his writing long letters to his mother to be read by that girl i won't have it it is just as bad as it would be to write to her and i won't have that perry's mother is just the one to help it along i will see if i can't play a little against them i will keep perry so busy that he shall not have time for writing sentimental letters those two simpletons shall not carry their point that way they will make a fool of perry if i do not prevent it why i actually believe that girl fancies perry thinks he has made a mistake in marrying me i should think his devotion to his wife would convince her of her blunder why he actually gave up going to new york as an escort for his mother because he fancied that i would miss him they all made a perfect fuss about his want of affection for his poor dying mother but it had no sort of effect upon him and he stayed behind in spite of them i will say i have the most devoted husband in the world that is so far as his throat and his mustard plasters will let him be and now that they are out of the way i fancy i shall be able to manage him and the mustard too it is all nonsense this petting and dosing a little vigorous letting alone when he gets in one of his down spells will be better than mustard i am going to take matters into my own hands and as for his writing long letters for that girl to read he shall not do it not if i can help it End of chapter seventeen